0: You're listening to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear their identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior Jesus.
1: All right, Chica. So we're back in action, part two of The Poser. I'm looking forward to. Recapping last week's conversation and getting into this week's conversation. So uh, we left uh, thinking about our poser and you and I hadn't really gone after that topic together in a while. How did that sit with you over the last week?
0: Uh, Yeah, well, I've been thinking about it a lot and it's kind of one of those catch 22 or catch just every, every action you're doing, you're wondering whether it's you doing that, whether it's the spirit led doing that or whether it's the poser led pushing that out. So it's, it's been upfront and interesting all week.
1: It has. Well, let's, let's pray into this conversation this week, and then let's have it. So Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to be back again on a Friday morning before work, talking about you, talking about your kingdom with my friend. And we just pray that our conversation is blessed and that anyone listening to us is blessed and they're able to hear you in this conversation, not us. Get us out of the way. And help us to have insight as we continue to work to grow as men and, and as men in Christ. And for all those listening, men, women, that they would, they would be blessed by this conversation. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.
0: Amen, Jay. You know, I was thinking about one of the, the tasks we gave our listeners last week uh, was that around replacing a proverb, the word sinner, with poser. And I took it a little bit further, Jay. So listen to this. I'm going to read you real quick. Proverbs 3 right at the very end, in the last parts of the verses, verse 32. For the Lord detests the poser, but takes upright into his confidence. The Lord curses on the house of the poser, but he blesses the house of the righteous. He mocks the poser mockers, but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. The wise inherit honor, but only posers get the shame. (laughs) Wow.
1: I'm not even sure that's a proper use of scripture, but I really like this exercise because it really puts things in perspective around, for me anyway, I spent a lot of time this week thinking about the poser and I was I had a really busy week and had a lot of different interactions with a lot of different kinds of people. And I was just really trying to watch myself. And I, I happened to start a 90-day uh, study on the New Testament. Uh, and so I've been in the Book of Matthew this week uh, with the Bible Project guys. and man it's just interesting how easy it is for the poser to slip in in different ways and you think you're you're walking it out and just listening to you talk about that it's like what i take away from what you just said is when we're in poser mode god cannot bless that and he will not bless that
0: mm. Jay, maybe it's quick for us to redefine what poser is as we jump into today's session is a poser a person at the gym that's flexing in front of the mirror is a poser that um is, is opposed to somebody that when the te- when the kids call them out as a man, um, they buck back up because they don't want to handle the mirror being held up to them. What, what's a poser in your mind?
1: I mean, for me, you know, Chica, we spent a, quite a bit of time on this podcast unpacking the fruit of the spirit. And that is for me where I base authenticity. When I am in a posture where my life is reflecting the fruit of the spirit, I know I'm being authentic. And I've come to define the poser in me as anytime I'm not in that posture. And there's a lot of reasons I leave that posture. Maybe I'm too busy, maybe this, maybe that, whatever. But that's when the poser has the opportunity to poke his head out of the ground like a gopher and be like, oh, time for me to take the stage and grab control of this thing. So that's how I define the poser in my own life. But I think it's anywhere where we're being inauthentic and where where the kingdom life is not flowing through us i think that's that's the poser for me
0: and last week we also said the question that the poser faces is that man question do i have what it takes do i have what it takes and so like you said when we're trying to face that in a in a brand new situation in the boardroom or in front of a girl for the first time you know suddenly this mask comes on this we put this poser hat on and like you said, the gopher sticks his head up. Hey, look at me. I do have what it takes. I'm all here.
1: Yeah. And the poser, the thing about the poser is he absolutely knows he doesn't have what it takes. And so he, he, he builds this profile that we then display to the world. And the, and the reality is like some people are fooled, but some people are definitely not fooled.
0: So this week, Jay, where do you want to turn the corner and, and kind of walk into or wade into around the poser?
1: Well, a lot of my reflection last week was the question we had asked is, what do you know about yourself? Do you know who you are? So that's a big question. And for anyone that's listening that actually took the time to sit down and go, they might have run into some challenges. Like, wow, I don't really know. I, I had shared last week that, you know, when we started really getting into this 10 years ago, I I couldn't actually discern, like, where's Jay? Where's the I don't even know. I opposed to myself. And So, you know, unpacking that over the last decade of my life has been interesting. And I have a pretty good sense now of of who my authentic self is and when I am being him. Um, So this week, what would be interesting is, you know, reflect a little bit on that, but then ask the question, well, how do we get other perspectives on our poser? Because, you know, the reality is those who are closest to us know us better than we possibly realize. Just like we know those closest to us better than they realize we know them. And you can't know everything about a person. The inner life is secret. Only God can truly know everything about a person. But man, we can know quite a lot about those that are close to us. And we can know when they're posing or not. Mm. So it might be interesting today to think about, you know, reflect a little bit, Chica. And I'm curious, you know, on your week and, and what you examined in yourself, did you find the poser popping out at all? Um, I did. I found him coming out a few times last week uh, and it was interesting to watch it almost like a movie, like, oh, he's coming out like that's interesting. Why is he doing that? Um, And then and then think a little bit about, well, how do I get feedback if I'm trying to figure it out on my own? How can I get some additional color on this?
0: I want to just jump back to two thoughts ago when you said authentic self and when am I being authentic? Jay, if we could just pull back that onion real quick. Are you referring to like if, if I'm a person that's just sitting in, in my own space with myself um, and reflecting? Am I talking about like when nobody's watching, what am I doing? Is that authenticity? Is it when my wife comes in or when my friend comes in or when my boss comes in and says something to me and I'm triggered, but I catch myself? Is that authenticity? What, break down the authenticity piece you're speaking through, and then I'll come to the examples that you just asked for. You
1: know, that, that boss example is a good one. That one, that one, and I talked about this last week, like in the workplace is when my poser is most triggered. He can get triggered at home too. You know, for me, the boss comes in and asks a difficult question. If I just jump right in and start hammering different answers, trying to protect myself or or, or reposition to show why he's wrong without taking that moment. And in that moment, when I am being my authentic self, boss asks a hard question you know, and in this world, it's rarely the boss walking into your office anymore. He's calling you on the phone or you're on Teams or whatever, but, or Zoom. You know, if I pause and ask my spirit, ask the Lord, like, okay, the boss just said this thing. What did that trigger in me? And this can be done in seconds in your mind. What did that trigger in me? What is my response? How am I like that authenticity will come out because I will, I will truly step back inside myself, listen to what was said, and then respond to the answer with no pretense of defending myself or repositioning the conversation. And, and, and a lot of times, like when I'm being really authentic, what I will say back to somebody is, oh, thank you for the question. What I heard you just say is this. Oh, is wow. That is that what you said? So I want to make sure I'm answering what you said. And that gives me time to get, gather myself and then go, well, based on what you said, here's my thoughts. And I will just then be transparent with no regard for protecting myself or whatever. That's that's why I know I'm being authentic and I'm, I'm trying to listen with empathy to what they've said. What is the question they're asking? What's the question behind their question? What's the heart of this? I assume they're asking me in an authentic way. So I'm going to give an authentic answer. You know, you still have to have wisdom. but. That's the that's a, that's a way I think about that, Chica, is if I'm taking a moment, wherever I'm at, if my wife asks me the question, my kid, um, my wife will tell me, it was funny, my, my kid did something, one of my children did something the other day, and, and I, got, I got angry, I rarely, rarely get angry, and my wife's like, huh, might be some inner healing required there, sometimes, oh <laughs> sometimes, something can happen, and a good way to know your pose is starting to come out, is if you get triggered, and you're real angry, um, your response won't be genuinely what you would want it to be if you had taken a moment. That's another version of the poser.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that, Jay, and thank you for answering that. I, I, I was writing down earlier this week, is the poser about pride? Is the poser just a false self? And I think you just hit it there that the poser really comes up around or is triggered by that woundedness, that inner healing piece, where I've been wounded in the past or where I've sinned, and now I'm trying to still cover up wounds from the sin um, therefore being the false self. So thank you for sharing that. And I I relate, I completely empathize with that. And I also thank you for the, uh, the cheat sheet there on on (laughs) asking back and mirroring the question just to give yourself a bit more time. And now if I just come back and answer your question, Jay, about what I've been thinking about when I've been thinking about the poser this week, um, I've really come back to the questions about how do I see myself, um, when I'm looking at the poser and, and then there's that kind of flip side of how, how does that compare to how other people see me, which I think we, we should probably walk in the direction for today. And so when I've been looking at myself, you know, honestly, if I was being very authentic, I've had two lives. My one life would have been when I was in Australia growing up high school, just about to get married. And then I feel like the real flip was when I got married. And that was kind of like a walkthrough or a, um, a rite of passage, right. And so I, I left the boy in Australia and became a man when i moved away from my parents my family and was in america and so i've been thinking about on a career front on a relationship front and now even having my boy family come into my man you know world in america over the last month with family being here for a month it's really interesting because it's almost like two worlds for me crashing i feel like when i was a younger more immature spirit more immature soul that I was posing all the time. And now I feel that as I've reflected into a more authentic self, when those people that were involved with the immature chica come into the more mature chica, there was a clash because it's family too, right? And so there's an expectation that you're still the old when now you're the new.
1: That's such a difficult one, because family triggers our poser faster than anybody. You know, you could go out and Jesus even said, you know, a prophet, you can't even be a prophet in your own hometown. Like, just think about it. You know, I'm, I'm 47. You can go home and everybody slips right into their old patterns. It's so, so normal. And then leaving a family function, you'd be like, I don't understand why I do that. You know, I'm not that person anymore. That's a really good place for the poster to come out.
0: That's why Thanksgiving so hard here in America oh, or Christmas yeah. or, or family reunions, right? Because everybody slips back into... The expectations of, and, and if you're a Christian, oh my goodness, or if you're a believer, oh my goodness, it makes it even doubly fact, especially if the rest of your family is not.
1: Well, and it can feel like a betrayal to family. So here, here let's just wrestle with the reality that most, this is a generalization, but look at your, your own world as I say this. Most people don't do a lot of introspection. Most people hit a point in their late teenage years and they don't mature much beyond that. And their behavior patterns don't change much. And they're not spending a lot of time trying to transform into something new. But the Christian life is all about continuous transformation. The big church word is sanctification. And, you know, but we're always transforming and we're growing. Well, I mean, if you go back to a place, old friends, family, whatever, they have a norm for you. They're still operating, most of them, largely in those norms. And you come in and you're totally different. It disrupts everything. And they don't want that. So they're trying to pull you back to your norm, trying to treat you the way they treated you. And it's the easy button is to just fall back into the poser and play the role you always played in that scenario. What becomes really challenging, but this is how you share the kingdom. If you're a biblical man, listen up. This is how you share the kingdom of God and reflect the light of Christ when you don't fall back into the old pattern. When you say, uh, and if people challenge you and you go, that's not who I am anymore. You're literally not that person anymore, right? 2 Corinthians 5.17, you are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The new is cold. The old man is dead. And that is extraordinarily difficult for the people in your life or at work. And as you're maturing, the people at work have a a, a swim lane for you. The people you've known have a swim lane for you. And as you start to push outside that swim lane, the world is going to push back. No, that is not where you belong. You belong over here. That's the behaviors. You know, let's just say you, you used to be a, a heavy drinker or you did drugs or, or, or you were, you know, uh, a, a womanizer and you, you find those people in your life that you did those things with. And when they see you again, you know, they're going to expect those things out of you. Um, That's the poser can get triggered so hard there because the easiest thing in the world to do, and this is where the Bible really challenges you, don't be double-minded. You cannot live a double-minded life. You will really, really, really struggle is you can't conform to the pattern of the world. When you have made the decision to follow Christ and change and put the poser to death, you have to do it and you have to live your life that way. And it can become very, very difficult because the easy button is, well, just for the next hour, I'll just do what I used to do. And then on the way home, I'll talk with Jesus and tell him, you know, sorry about that, but we're all good. No, that's, that's not it.
0: Well said, Jay. Well said. I, as a believer, we have to believe that Jesus is our best defense, right? We, we can't do this alone, and we need to lean into him. Jay, with, let me just read you this one piece of scripture from First John 2. Uh, chapter 2, it says, My dear children, I write you this so that you will not be a poser. But if anyone does pose, we have an advocate with the Father Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our posing, and not only for ours, but also the posing of the whole world.
1: These days, the poser makes me laugh when I see him, but he also still makes me sad, because back to something you said earlier, Chica, when he comes out, it's an indication to me that you just think about that scripture you just read, I need to go back to the source and I need to ask Jesus, whoops, I plugged back into the vine of Adam, the original poser. How do I get plugged back in, John 15, 7, to the vine of Christ? So I'm getting the blood life, the sap of life, and not, not this dead sap from Adam that's not working. When we're posing, we're going back to the tree of Adam. And there's just, no, there's just no life for us there anymore.
0: Last week, we asked the question, how do you see yourself when we're thinking about poses? This week, Jay, I think we traverse, and I love that you brought up Genesis. Maybe we can take that into next week's discussion um, and why Adam is the original poser. This week, I think we should move towards how do others describe you? How do others describe you? Like When when I stand here and I'm trying to be authentic and I'm looking around my world, the, the ones, like you said, in my inner circle, the ones that maybe have just met me from afar, I'd love to see what that gap looks like between the inner circle and the outer circle. Um, But more so, maybe these two questions, Jay, what do you hope that others might say about you when you ask them about you? And potentially, you know, what do you fear that they may say about you?
1: What would I think my wife would say about me? What do I think my best friends and my coworkers? what do I think my family would say about me? What do I fear they would say about me? And then if you want to take it a step further, and this requires some courage on your part, and some real grace on your part. If you want to take it a step further, then the people you trust most, ask them. Now, if you're going to do that, you have to give them a free pass. You have to be prepared to receive their feedback and not defend yourself and not reply other than, thank you for that. But if you sit down with a notepad, now this podcast is aimed at men. If you're a woman listening to this podcast, certainly this exercise completely applies to you as well. But men, if, if you're going to do this, the first person I recommend you do it with, is either your best friend or your spouse. You should start with your spouse, unless your marriage is in a place right now where that would be a bad idea. <laughs> but you know, sit down with your spouse and say, hey, I'd love to ask you to, uh, some questions tomorrow. Here's the question. I'm trying to identify where I'm inauthentic and where the poser comes out of me. And I'd love your feedback. And then coming back the next day with a notepad and a cup of coffee and say, hey, I, I'm not going to respond to anything you say. I'm not going to defend myself in any way. You have complete free pass. I love you. I trust you. I want to just hear what you have to say and then just write it down and then take it back to
0: Jesus. Well, Jay, I think you and I have got an assignment for this uh, week. Thanks for putting that one out there. That's going to be an interesting weekend cup of coffee.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, especially for us, right? Oh, I think I've grown so much. Kelly, where do you think I'm still posing? Believe me, my wife will be happy to participate.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the elbow pads out for the elbow drops, my goodness. Uh, Well, Jay, it's been another great episode, and I think we've left. After discussing through, we've left ourselves in in quite an interesting predicament, knowing that we've got some work to do between now and next week. Um, And for our listeners, you know, this is one baby step at a time. So truly just take what Jay just said then as as to be careful with who you ask and don't pose in who you ask for, right? Because it would be easy to go to the people where you know you're going to get the answers that you want to hear. They're
1: so great. You know, you're so great. Yeah. Don't ask anybody
0: that works for you unless you have a really, really good relationship with them. Yeah, that's not a good start. Not a good start. (laughs) Well, Jay, let's quickly pray and and ask that, Lord, we just ask that you cover our listeners as they step into healing and step into discovery um, in finding out where it is that they may be wounded, but at the same time where it is that we may be hiding through the mask of the poser. Lord, give us the courage. We ask you you send the Spirit to surround us as we ask these harder questions because we know that it could lead into difficult situations and potential strains on relationships. So, Lord, we just ask that you cover all of this, and we cover all of the listeners. You cover Jay and I as we continue to discover what it is to walk in rediscovering biblical manhood, and we love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.